0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Welcome to the Backstage With podcast, taking you behind the scenes with your favorite actors and creatives in the world of musical theater. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Jeremy Taylor, who's playing Raoul in the Phantom of the Opera at Her Majesty's Theatre in the West End. Jeremy is one of those actors who's worked his way up the ladder from being in the ensemble of The Sound of Music straight out of college to leading roles in the West End like Fierro in Wicked and now in Phantom. We chatted in his dressing room, which was decorated with bunting, obviously. The most interesting thing in there was the list of contingencies on the wall for when things go wrong in the show and what they should do instead. Here's our conversation. Jeremy Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Another love triangle role for you, only yeah. this time you are in competition, not being competed for. How is that?
0: Oh yeah, I was competed for before, wasn't I? Yeah, this is good. I don't feel like such a bad guy this time around. Because all my Glindas had such lovely like faces and they were so emotive, so when I let them down it was quite difficult, you know. Whereas this one, it's, yeah, it's a real... It's a real battle, but um, I guess it's a bit easier to kind of portray each night, really.
1: Phantom's a bit of a darker show in comparison to yep. what you've done before. Is that harder to pick yourself up from at the end of it?
0: No, I kind of prefer it, really. I'm not big on, like, uh, just in, like as a personal interest, like, I'm not big on the sort of happy, clappy, cheesy stuff. I mean, it's, it's fine, but, like, the songs that I like are, are often sad songs and and dark songs, so I think this kind of suits me well like that, really. I don't feel the emotional weight of it, you know, I used to watch Les Mis and think, oh my God, it must be such a, a trudge to get through in terms of the emotional weight of it every night. I mean, I haven't done Les Mis, but this is like that, but you don't feel it at the, end of the, at the end of the night. We'll talk about all your other roles in a minute, but I want to go back to the beginning. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in a place called Sutton Coalfield in the West Midlands and was there for, till I was about 11. And then I moved to a place called Walsall Warsaw with two L's not yeah. the W not Poland yeah. <laughs> um, which is also in the West Midlands which is up uh in a place called the black country which is a very heavily accented area let's put it that way i don't i think i've lost my accent since then i think I, i've become southernized you know in the last 10 15 years i lived
1: with someone at university who was from the black country yeah. and the first day i met him i couldn't understand
0: a no. word sorry to people in the black no, country no it's tricky but. and and do you know what since i mean peaky blinders has put it on the map a little bit recently um although i have to say some of the accents in that are a bit suspicious <laughs> but they do have a like some of the smaller parts in peaky blinders they have from people who are actually from the black country, so there's um, like Benjamin Zephaniah from there, he, he plays one of the little parts in it anyway, and he's got a true accent. But um, no, I lost that over the years. But then, uh, yeah, when I was 20, moved down to the south and it's been there ever since.
1: Was musical theatre something you always intended to pursue?
0: Yeah, I think, so. like, it's about 15 years old, I think, I got into it. I did it at primary school, weirdly. And then when I moved to secondary school, I got all like introverted and didn't want to, you know. And then when I got to about 15, 16, someone said, oh, what, you should come in, because they were doing Superstar at school. And they were like, oh, you should come come and audition for this, because they knew I sang in the choir and stuff. And then from then on, it just went, it sort of, you know, that was the starting point, really. Did you already have a voice or did you know you had a voice or did you discover this tenor that you didn't know was there? I'd always been, my family's quite musical, like no one, no one in my family's in the entertainment sector but uh, they've always been very musical. We can all sing, we can all pitch, let's put it that way. And uh, so that was never an issue, but I just didn't think, I didn't think it was anything special until later on when when it started to become something that was like, oh, I can do that, you know? and it only became apparent when I started getting involved in shows you know so who were you in Superstar at 15 oh god it's, it's <laughs> so you know you've got 1st you've got Annas yeah and then because it was a school production they just had one other priest oh <laughs> right. right and I was that one other priest and what they did was when I joined the, I joined the show and I was just just doing ensemble-y stuff but when they sort of dis- I mean that was 15 right when they discovered I could sing a little bit they sort of gave some of Caiaphas and Anasis lines to me <laughs> so I ended up stealing people's lines but it actually worked quite well as a little trio because it wasn't you know usually there's loads of priests and that, so that was that was a long time ago and then you went to Guildford yeah did you sort of go there and feel that that was the right one for you or yeah. were there
1: a couple with your eye on
0: yeah very much so I mean I got into ArtsEd but it was um, I didn't get the funding and you know they're not cheap places to go if you haven't got the funding and I didn't have the money particularly so and then Guildford came through with the funding so like a lot of people who wanted to do musicals those were the two courses at the time which were you know the ones I wanted to do so I was kind of happy to go with either one. I do wonder what would have turned out if I'd gone to art. Said would things have turned out differently? I don't know. Would you I, be pirouetting. I would have been a better dancer. Let's put it that way. I'm sure it would have been great to go there, but um, I've got no regrets. Let's put it that way. And I was proud to say I was part of the. I mean, I'm sure Guildford's still great, but it's it's changed a like, lot. It's moved. It's moved buildings. It's moved. It's changed a bit. And I'm proud to say I was part of the old Guildford.
1: And then, how soon after graduation did you go into sound of music at the Palladium?
0: It was straight away. I was so I was so fortunate. It all happened in the third year, really. I had some agencies come to see our shows and one of them got in touch with me and said we'd like to sign you up all that kind of thing and they suddenly started bombarding me with auditions now I was only oh, I don't know I was I was 21 or something 22 at the time they were sending me up for a Tony West Side Story big big parts and I was I wasn't getting through the first rounds for these shows obviously I was so young and then they sent me up for Sound of Music and, and I'm ashamed to say I'd never seen it
1: the film no it, at all i know
0: it's terrible i, I saw Mary poppins a lot as a kid okay. i never watched sound music and i was like oh my god oh my wow. god i know i don't know these you know these things just slip slip past you sometimes sorry to disappoint everyone but i hadn't seen sound of music so i thought oh, okay so i watched the film watched the film and i, and I, and I thought oh, okay this is this is something i could do because i was of a, a role for telegram boy an audition for it and got it in the third year so I was kind of waiting for the job to start as I was leaving college, which was just, it was such a nice position to be in. I'll always have fond memories of that time, of feeling quite contented and and almost feeling like, because, you know, everyone knows that they've been to drama school, how tricky it is. You know, we used to hang out with some other students from the Uni of Surrey who would go in for a few hours a week doing their uh, other degrees. And we were in every day, you know, from seven, eight, whatever in the morning. So it felt like all that had paid off. So yeah, it was it was literally in the July after I left. Was that the start of that production or was it? So they'd already done the TV show a few years before. So I joined in the third year of, right, okay. of three years. So it actually only ended up doing, I think, seven or eight months. We got the notice. We got the, the company call. Oh,
1: no. Yeah, saying. How soon after you started? Did oh, that happen? I think it
0: was like five months, maybe. Okay, and so you had we, a bit of time. Oh, yeah, they were really good. I mean, it was David, Ian... I think David Ian and Andrew had split the production on that production, and they were just great producers to work for because they were very obviously they had to close the show. It wasn't—I don't think it was doing as well at that point. The tour was was in in the pipeline, but they did it, you know, in a really nice way for us because they gave us—I don't know—it was probably like two two and a half months before we closed when they told us. So, you know, in terms of show closures, it's not. One of the horror stories that you hear yeah, of yeah. the two weeks because it doesn't, you know, two weeks is the the only time they they, they have to give us. So, so was summer. your Maria. Yeah, it was summer. Yeah, we had Simon McCorquandale, bless his heart, was playing the captain, and you know Nadim, who was Raoul here last year, oh, was yeah. playing Rolf. So I went in as the first understudy to Nadim, and you know got on quite a lot as you know first covers do here in London. It was a really really nice like move into into musical theatre for me because I was still. It was only when i came out of college i realized how much more learning i had to do at that point you know college sets you up for stuff but in no way teaches you everything you need to know and some of the parts that my agency were putting me up for were great i was being put up for them but i wasn't ready for them at all whereas rolf was a nice ease into the job there was three or four scenes little song dance number obviously everyone knows 16 going on 17 and i was understudying it so i got to watch nadim do it you know i got to watch someone who's already doing it do it and kind of yeah learn from the people who were there. And then how soon after you finished that did you go on the tour? So yeah I finished in February March and then the tour was scheduled I think for July or August I think it might have been August that year sort of 2009 so I had four months off to sort of relax and, 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 and do a bit of other work and then out on the tour and that's I actually got to play Rolf then which was great so I was able to do it full time and, and tour as well, which was a new, which was a new skill as well, like, you know. Did Connie come back for that tour? Was that the, the Connie yeah, tour? Yeah, Connie came back, which was just like, I mean, I'd seen her on the telly and, 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 and winning and, and she was absolutely right to win. So we were all very excited to work with her and she, and, and she was great and we got on well and we've, we've kept in touch every now and again since then, really. You know, she was a real star for that, for that show and, and all, the, all the provinces wanted to see her, which was great. Were there lots of people at stage Store who yeah. who've been out to? Yeah, because it was a major tour. We, I think, we did something like seven or eight weeks in Cardiff, and that was just the first venue. So, it, you could really settle into each place, and, and, and people would come back and see it over and over again. And you know, it was it was quite a fantastic tour. Really, it was it was a real experience. Do you have a preference between touring in town?
1: Yeah, oh, because you you've a done a really your fair share
0: of each, really, because you did the Vita as well, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that went internationally. I went to mostly Europe. And I think, do you know what? There's pros and cons to each. It depends, sort of, where you are in your in your life at that moment. I didn't really realize it at the time, but I was I was ready to tour back then because I hadn't set up a life as young actors don't. That you hadn't set up a life for myself in London. Essentially, I was you know I was still moving about from place to place, renting all that kind of thing. So touring was just fine. I didn't have any ties keeping me here. Whereas now. I think I've done the opposite. I've set up a bit of a life for myself. I, I live here. I've got you know friends and, and 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 all the rest of it. And so I think touring would be a harder thing to do now. On tour, you sort of have you just have each other. You just have each other. You just have the other people in the cast in the crew, and it sounds a bit cliche, but you just bond a bit more with them, and it has the potential to be a bit more of a bonded uh, company. Whereas in London, you, you've got. Your normal friends, your normal family, your normal things outside of work, so you can just come in, do the work, obviously get on with everyone, but you, you perhaps not as close. It's as... more of a job than I think. This so. is your entire I life. I think so, yeah. But obviously, the benefits of being London are that it's in one place, and you can be a bit more secure, and you can. That's basically the major difference for me between the two.
1: Fast forward a little bit. Wicked. Were you ready for those fans and that
0: whole <sighs> mania? No, no, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Like uh, it just. It was, oh, it was such a big thing, and I think I felt prepared for it from We Were Rocky, which is the show I did just, just before. I mean, there was literally weeks before I finished that, and I, I felt prepared for that because that had a huge following. I mean, I don't know how many years it went for ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, it was twelve in the end. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it was fine. I mean, it was, it was incredible, obviously, but. I wasn't quite ready for it, I don't think. But, but how ready are you before you start something like that? I wasn't the sort of actor who just, just hit a lead just coming out of town and just been doing it ever since. I'd worked my way up to it. So in some ways, perhaps that got me ready for it. But uh, in other ways, I just had to do it and just see what, what happened, really. And I suppose not being one of the two women,
1: mm. did you see a lot more than maybe you experienced in that in, in terms sense. of in terms of like coming
0: out of stage door yeah i guess so i mean i certainly didn't feel like a kind of a supporting cart. like you know i didn't feel like i was background in any way but people just latch on you don't they yeah i think someone someone used to um people get very excited and someone like someone i had a hat on and people someone just took my hat off and put it put it on themselves and i was like that's not I, okay i was like someone's taking my clothes off here at stage door like this is just mad like it was a real like A real experience and they had to put barriers up and all sorts of things sometimes it sat a bit uncomfortably with me just in the sense that i didn't feel and and this is the truth at stage door for for a lot of things especially now is that um you know when i was coming out of college i sort of enjoyed it a lot more but now i do feel like sometimes the praise that you get at stage door doesn't always marry with like if I've, if I've done what I might consider a bad show, you know, I might have fluffed a little bit here or, or not sung something in the right way or something. I don't feel like I deserve the praise almost, so when you get it, it, it can feel a bit jarring sometimes, because you almost want to say, "Well, actually this went wrong, I did this wrong." Yeah. But even sort of during the show,
1: there were a lot of times when it was mental, right?:
0: Yeah, I mean, usually it was um, it was a duet. Act two, they, they they enjoyed that, but um, a lot of the praise was 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 heaped on the girls, which was which was deserved, and they get all the, the killer moments in in the show. Really, British audiences, they're still really respectful, you know. Speaking of the leads, you played opposite quite a few of
1: the the different combinations, right? Yeah, they seem to come and go pretty quickly in that show. But you, you stayed for was it three years two, years? two years. I did two years. Okay. Yeah because Willemine left didn't she because of like backish
0: yeah, were, you in were you in it then yeah so me and, me and Willemine joined at the same time actually with Savannah as Savannah Stevenson as Glinda and then yeah I think I don't know where the world was staying for a second year or when it happened but she yeah she got an injury and then they promoted Emma Hatton and that was lovely because Emma and I had worked together on we were Rocky we'd, we'd, we'd understudied the, the male and female lead on that and had played together there so then we got to do it the same on Wicked and then Jenny Denoya came over from Broadway, and that was again another great experience because she was such a, a lovely person as well as being you know great alphabet. And then Kerry Ellis came in. To yeah. f- oh no, no, Kerry, Kerry came in before that. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. It was such a long time. But ago. there was a revolving door, wasn't there? Almost. It was almost like a. Like an all star alphabet lineup that just kept coming through, and I was like, okay, tick, 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 tick. Like, it was just like, I couldn't believe how many great, kind of leading ladies I got to play opposite in that show. And you've got two more here. Well, yeah. Um, that's it
1: i was just spoken to Amy yeah. and she was saying that things things sometimes go wrong in shows we all yeah. we know that happens she said to ask you about things that may, might have happened to you But what, what is she referring to I don't even know well I asked her about the boat because I know that sometimes the boat can have an issue but that was just oh. the
0: moment oh yeah, no, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, do you know I know exactly what you mean already yeah. so we, we, we've we just finished the duet and I, I sort of pick her up and, and spin around and uh, and then I put her back down and when I put it back down, I, I can't pull away from her, and I'm like, what what's going on? And my the top my top button is hooked around her top button, I think. So we're like chest to chest, trying to like what we're trying to pull away from each other, but 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 not being able to. I'm not sure how long that lasted but we've got lines at that point. And she's obviously saying, I must go. Yeah, she's saying, I've got to go. She can't go. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to like fit it. Oh God, it was just awful. Like, and and obviously at that point, the audience has fallen silent again. So everyone's just watching us like stuck together in the middle. And and there's no one else around to sort of like, you know, reduce the tension, should we say. Um, So yeah, there are moments like that. But then isn't the reprise then starts and... Yeah, we got out of it. You got out of it. Just in time. Yeah. I mean, your face would have been like, oh my God. Yeah, I know. And and wardrobe malfunctions do happen. I mean, that wasn't even a wardrobe malfunction, it was just two wardrobes getting stuck together (laughs) at the same time. But funnily enough, this show actually is pretty low on. It's a well oiled machine. It's a well oiled machine. It's been here for, I don't know, 30 years or something. So, everything, in fact, I can see, if you look behind me, there's RAL contingencies, a big A4 piece of paper with RAL contingencies, contingencies, company contingencies for everyone, and also another sheet of things to be aware of. So what's, what's a RAL contingency? So, okay, so every possible outcome, pitfall, everything has been, either, either happened already and now there's a contingency for it, or they've just brainstormed it all and it's all there on A4 piece of paper. That's so, amazing. How about that? So have I read them all and learnt them all? Um, (laughs) I'm not sure about
1: that. Has this one ever happened and then you've come in and checked it off the list or anything?
0: Oh, uh, no, there's no ticks next to any of them. But uh, I can tell you now that some of them have happened. Probably some of the more mild ones. There are some killers there, but I don't know. I'll have to to let you know. When you were handed
1: that, obviously we can't go into any of them, but when you were handed that, did you read them and go, oh my God.
0: Yeah, well, they give them to you before you even start. So you're rehearsing for the show and obviously you've got a lot to to do. And then they give you these and you're thinking, oh my God, I've got a like, I've got to learn all the alternate versions for everything as well but you don't you just a lot of them are common sense which is nice
1: okay you know that's good
0: yeah there Um, you go I'm guessing you'd seen the show before you yeah it was the first show I saw when I came to London oh really can you believe and was it on your list it was it was on my list I don't really have a list because I used to have a list and then when you don't get an audition through for the thing that you got on a list, after a few years, it gets a bit like, why have I got a list? So you can only really go for what your agent puts you up for in a way. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I didn't have a list for a while, but this was about a year before it came through. I said to my agent, if Rao comes through, Phantom, can you look out for me? And they did. It was a bit of troubled circumstances in the sense that I'd just, I'd just come out of on the town. Rehearsals was that Regent's Park? Yeah, yeah. I'd just broken my Achilles. Oh, no. Yeah. So it was... I'd done about a week and a half. I'd done all the promotion f- material for it. I'd been about a week and a half into rehearsals. And then I was just doing one of the scenes and uh, yeah bust my achilles so i was straight out of that production which was a real shame oh no but on the same day would you believe as i broke my achilles i got excused from the rehearsals to go and audition for phantom so i got to rehearsals from the town went out and auditioned for phantom came back later that day and broke my achilles so it was a hell of a day but they gave me a call back and i did all my rounds from then on, on crutches would you oh believe? God. So it wasn't ideal. That's one way to play it. Well, I know. I was just like, I mean, talk about sympathy cards. At least you're in a wheelchair for the first scene. <laughs> yeah, <right>? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, well, I can do the first scene for you. You know, that was that's that's fine. That's covered. Meth- method acting. Yeah. The rest of it. <laughs> don't know, we'll have to work on. But uh, yeah, so talk about audition stories. It, well, that, was, that was a tricky one. But. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you don't have a list, but I try and ask as many people
1: as this as possible. When I say, what do you want to do next? Lots of people say, oh, I'd love to originate. But if you could pick a show to revive and a part to play in it, what would you choose? Oh my
0: God, that's a tricky one. A show to revive, so one that isn't on at the moment. Unless
1: there is one on at the moment <sighs> that you would really love to
0: do. Yeah, I mean... I always wanted to play Bob Gordio in Jersey Boys because the guy that I moved in with when I first came to London when I did sound music was was Stephen Ashfield, and he was playing that at the time. So I went to see Jersey Boys like four or five times when I was living there. So I was like, I always wanted to do that part. And I know it's touring at the minute, but I don't, I don't, it's not in town anymore, is it? No, no. no, no. Um, but uh, that was always on my list. It's, it sort of is. My list is okay. basically is a sheet of paper with Bob Gordio on it. <laughs>
1: Okay, if I see it lying around. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, yeah, let me know. Um, or let my agent know. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've, again, I, I have to, I mean, crikey. A, a show to revive. Oh, I might have to leave. I might have to just leave you with Jersey Boys. Let me know later if you think you know, of another one. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well,
1: thank you so much. Mate, thank you. I, uh, it's been a pleasure. I believe
0: I have to let you go now. Yes, you do. i have warm up in a second. Oh, yeah, God. So. Okay. Well, thank you very so much. much. Cheers.
1: Cheers. You can see Jeremy as Rowell in The Phantom of the Opera at Her Majesty's Theatre where the show is booking until October 2019. If you're a fan of the show, you might want to listen to my conversation with Amy Manford, the alternate Christine. She's possibly the only person to have ever described the final lair as an absolute banger. Next time on Backstage With, we're going to the other side of the Atlantic for a Broadway special with the actress and podcaster Elana Levine. Subscribe now to make sure you never miss an episode and find me on all of the socials. Just search for the Backstage With podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.